Hello and welcome to a Muggle's Perspective. Yeah. The Ant Boys are back. Just a couple of Ant Boys. The haters said it would never happen, that they were both going to keep moving over and over again, never be able to record. They proved them wrong. Where's, where's Kevin Garnett when you need him to just scream anything is possible? Anything is possible. Shout out our haters, Hannah, Grace McDillon, uh, Cooper. Cooper is against efficiency. He doesn't want things to get done. That is really accurate. I would, I would definitely describe him that way. Let's get a quick dog update. How's Cooper doing with the move, Braden? Uh, he's good. He runs around a lot, gets a lot more exercise, um, digs a lot of holes. <laughs> um, despite me repeatedly asking him not to. That's such a Cooper move. It seems that me asking him not to um, only speeds up the rate with which he digs. Mm-hmm. His paws um, get going faster the louder I yell. Um so that's been good. He's literally staring me right in the eyes right now as I talk about him. So it's kind of weird. Um, Cooper is not a dog whose color lends itself to sneakily digging holes. No, he's pretty visible when that happens. He's just sitting here. Cooping it enjoying up. Enjoying a podcast. Yeah. Let's uh, throw on some phones and get in there, Cooper. Well, George is doing great. Uh, he's excited for the new house. He has not seen it yet, but he's heard about it, so he's excited for that. It's good. And we'll just keep it moving. Keep her moving. We've got a, fen- a whole fenced-in section of the backyard, so that'll be nice. That was good. Mm-hmm. As we were talking about uh, before the show, Hannah and I dug a <laughs> electric fence all the way around the perimeter of our two-acre property. And uh, if any of you listening um, were considering doing that, I would recommend you don't. I would recommend you just pay somebody to do it. And at first, they'll probably throw you a price and you'll be like, man, that's a lot. It seems like we could just do that ourselves. And you'll be tempted to do that and think that you're like, you know, DIYers and you'll just, you know, you'll save some money. You'll do it yourself. Um, don't kid yourself. You're risking your marriage. You're risking your lower back. Wow. Um, isn't there like a machine that'll drop the line in there for you? Like you have to rent it. Um, did you just, did you just hand dig a trench? No. So I took a, I borrowed an edger, like Mm -hmm. a lawn edger from a friend at church and just kind of ran that thing around the, the whole property and it did a mediocre job at best. (laughs) And, uh, so then we laid out the line and we started just kind of filling it in, but Basically, since we bought the house, it didn't rain for like a month. Really good time to dig anywhere mm-hmm. when you haven't had water in a month because um, the ground is basically just a huge rock at that point. So Edger didn't do a whole lot. Um, it wasn't like we could just walk along and kind of like scoop the dirt back in over the fence. Mm-hmm. It was just like it had just disintegrated into a powder in the air because it was so dry. Um, so we literally had to just like over the course of two weeks, just if we got a free evening, we would say, all right, we're going to go out there for an hour and, and put the line in and And do 20 feet. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And, but that's literally the amount of time that we decided, like if we try to do any, do this for any longer than an hour, we're either going to kill Cooper or each other. (laughs) Um, so it's done. It works. He, has tried to venture across once or twice, and I don't think I've ever seen him run faster in the opposite direction. So That's awesome. It's good. Listeners, if you have suggestions on how Braden should have done that, we'd love to hear them. I don't know that I would. In hindsight. It make me really angry at this point. <laughs> I would love so to I'm hear sure them. I'm sure there's better ways. Just kind of keep them to yourself or just tell Rogie. Text or call the Howler. It is... A phone number that you can text and call that I definitely know off the top of my head. Give me a chance. 978-768-8370. That's right. Dang. 
Yeah. Still got it. Yeah, buddy. Nine seven eight Potter zero. Let us know what you're thinking. We have lots, <laughs> lots of howlers ready to go for today. We might get through some of them. Not gonna guarantee all of them. Two, three, four, five. We've got six. Oh, we've already listened to that one. Okay, we've got lots. We've got several to listen to, and it's gonna be great. Um, we are a Harry Potter podcast, ostensibly. We are covering today chapters seven and eight of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, The Will of Albus Dumbledore, and The Wedding. Overarching thoughts, Braden? You enjoyed it? Some good chaps? Yep, good chaps. Um, good dialogue. Good snogging. Mm. Um, Let's not act like there weren't going to be snogging questions. Yeah, I feel like I feel, I feel like that's just a really just kind of a goal of JKR with the end of this series just like how much snogging can we fit mm-hmm. into the end of this into this story. So that was good. Um we learn what may or may not be fake news about Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> um that's still up in the air. Um I don't know, maybe we can throw that out on a social media platform and they can decide whether it's real or not. Yeah, and the social media platform can pre-decide whether or not it's real. And it'll be yeah. great. <laughs> Let us know. It's probably not. Well, where is it? It's that meme. You you, you know the gif? The lady that's like, well, no. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, well. The, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Braden can't see me, so I had to get that one across in audio form. Chapter 7, The Will of Albus Dumbledore. I'm going to ask Braden some questions. He's going to answer them. We're going to find out if we care about things. So, to start off this chapter, it's been, it, let's be honest, it's been two months since you've opened a Harry Potter book, right? I think that's fair. Correct. You jump in, and Harry is having some kind of dream in which he keeps hearing a foreign-sounding name. Yes. What's going on? What I have written down is what's going on with Harry's Voldy dream slash vision things. What is your guess as to what these are? Well, so I went back and listened to five and six. Mm-hmm. Smart. To, tr- to try and get, I wasn't going to re-listen to the whole book, but try to get like a little bit of context. Um, and as far as I know, like he's just unable to close his mind. Like he had kind of been advised to like, Hey, some pretty scary stuff that could happen if you keep like opening your mind and, and, um, hearing, feeling, seeing like what Voldemort is doing. Um, but I don't, I guess he just can't, um, that connection is still there. So I don't remember if this is the same vision as what we were seeing with Ollivander. Are it's those the same, two separate? It's the same kind of phenomenon. It's not the exact same vision, but... Yeah. So... I'm more... This one's about Grigorovich, and that's this one, does he actually have a visual, or is, he, is it just like the sound of this guy's voice? He was walking down a mountain road in the cool blue light of dawn. Far below, swathed in mist, was the shadow of a small town. Was the man he sought down there the man he needed so badly he could think of little else? So he's, he seems to be physically there. Yeah. It's like like an out-of-body experience. So do you think this is what Voldemort is thinking about or dreaming? Bless you. Is Voldemort really there in real life? Um, judging by our past, that's where Voldemort would be in real life. Okay. Um, it's Harry's birthday. Happy birthday, Harry. Happy B-Day. HBD, Harry. He turned 17. Do we care about that? Uh, yeah. Doesn't that mean he is no longer underneath the, uh, protection spell or whatever it is? Mm, Good. Yeah. That's not where I thought you were going to take it. Yes. His mother's spell, his mother's sacrifice is no longer going to protect him. Mm Mm-hmm. 
in his family's that's home a, kind of thing. That's important. Mm-hmm. And there is another aspect of turning 17 that's important in the wizarding world. Are you legally an adult as a 17-year-old mm-hmm. wizard? Which means what? He can drink as much butter beer as he wants. He also can use as much magic as he wants. And does he... So he can use as much magic as he wants. Can he use it where he wants? Right, exactly, yes. Okay. So the rule that like Hogwarts levied where he would get in trouble if he did it outside the school grounds, that no longer applies? Correct, because he's no longer underage. Sweet. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. That's called like the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery or something. Gotcha. So that's exciting. So we kind of care about that. Yeah, I think we should care about that. Um, a lot of the specific questions I have and what I think is going to be a big part of our discussion on this chapter come a lot later. Um, between sure. now and then, there is a big, there's a, we kind of mentioned earlier, a big snog situation, a big snog situation. There's a lot of snogging, for sure. We'll just Maybe not a lot of snogging in terms of quantity, but in terms of quality. Ooh, Okay. So what do you think is, do you think this is a meaningful snog? Do you think this is like a, Hey, like, I know that we're not together anymore, but like we're kind of still together. That's what it felt like. It definitely had the, like it was kind of supposed to be a goodbye snog, but I think it was more like a, a hello snog. (laughs) <laughs> it was more like a uh be back later snog mm-hmm. and ron did you expect ron's reaction here um a little bit i mean i didn't expect him to walk in and be like oh sorry guys don't mind me <laughs> and then just kind of back out just barge into my sister's room as i do a normal <laughs> thing let me just squeeze past you there um but I would have thought he would become more okay with the idea over... Like, I understand his reasoning. He doesn't want her to, like, lead... He doesn't want Harry to lead her on. Because mm-hmm. he was okay with them dating. And so yeah. his thing is, like, you broke up. Like, you got right. a clean break. But, I mean, he's playing protective brother, but I think you also got to factor in Jenny's temperament and character. Like, she's a pretty independent young woman yeah so like she's not gonna be taken advantage of that's true so and then at at the exact same time ron gives harry a book on like how to be a pickup artist a wizard yeah i don't really really know what to make of that it's just a weird gift it's very strange i can't imagine like one of my friends turning 17 and me giving them that book yeah, I mean, like, what message does that send? That could go a lot of different directions. Hey, like, if I were to give you that as your birthday gift when you turn 17, like, am I saying to you, hey, man, clearly you need all the help you can get, so I went out and found literature on this subject. Why don't you Why don't you sit down and read a little bit of this through the evenings? Is it more of, is it more received as just kind of a bro gesture? Like, hey, man, girls... We're 17, right? Let's read about it. We got to be wingmen. Yeah. My thought is... Is it more like, Harry, I like I know that you struggle with confidence with women, so like I genuinely want to help. I read this and it did wonders for me. <laughs> Here's my thing. You no, know, there's just a lot of different messaging that could be going on here. He knows Harry's plan is to go after Horcruxes, right? Sure. Harry's going to be during that time period with one girl. Who is it? Hermione. (laughs) So is this Ron telling Harry how to hit on Hermione? Hey, I've been hitting on Hermione. I want to give, I want us to be on an equal playing field here. Yeah. I just want a fair shot for both of us here. I've never been one to get a leg up without the competition knowing. Wouldn't feel right. If I thought that I only got Hermione because of the book. If I'm going to win, I want to win the right way. <laughs> I guess. So this is, this is a, har- a harmony thing. <laughs> there's, there's, 
there's a lot of different avenues that, and, and you would have to think all this is going through Harry's head when he hands him the book. <laughs> like, it's just kind of a, uh, what? 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 My Thanks? favorite thing. Okay. What page? What page does Ron give this to Harry? I'm going to be honest. I have no idea where my book is right now. We're still in that phase of moving in. So okay. you, you've just got pure unadulterated me with the microphone That's all right I now. I, I'm watching you just reclining with the microphone. Absolutely. So on, it's page 113. It's This isn't your average book. It's pure gold. 12 fail-safe ways to charm witches. Um, and then he says, you'd be surprised. It's not all about wand work either. So Ron was just planning on like putting spells on girls so they would like him. Or wand work is yikes. Longtime listeners will have expected that joke to come from me. So it's a good uh, way to play against type there. Little spin zone action for you. Keep you on your toes, listeners. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Yikes. Yeah. That was a that was a yikes worthy joke. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. I am sorry. Do I have a steam? No. No. There it is. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> he told us what a steam was. Sure did. Okay, so we've got Ron's gift, we've got Ginny's gift. I'll quickly do a do we care about the other gifts? Do we care about the sneakoscope from Hermione? No, I didn't even remember she got him that, and I read it today. Do we do we care about Fleur's, no, Bill and Fleur giving Harry a razor? Uh, I don't really care. I thought it was funny. It was kind of like, oh, you're 17, so you, you probably need this, right? You might hit puberty soon. <laughs> do you care? Seems like you've got a little... Uh, little Harry Potter mustache coming in, so uh, I want to take care Potter's of Potter's getting a little hairy there. Do we care about the watch from Ron's parents? It's kind of described as like a really nice watch, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, coming from the Weasleys, that's a big deal. Um, so, yeah, we care about the watch. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say I care about one of these, so uh, why not the watch? <laughs> We'll pick watch. What about the chocolate from the Delacours? Um, French chocolate. That's it's a very kind gesture. I don't really care, but okay. that, that's that's good. the name of the segment. Mostly care about Jenny's gift. Do we Mostly care about, about the that. box of Weasley's Wizard Wheezes from Fred and George? Um, you would have to think that those might come in handy later. So we'll add that one to the care list. Okay, we got a couple that we at least kind of care about. Yeah. Uh, we've got a birthday party going for Harry. Step one for planning any birthday party, bring Step Lupin and have him act super weird the whole time. <laughs> Dinner and a show. Yeah. What's up with that? Did you ever see any of the SNL skits called What's Up With That? It's actually called What Up With That uh, with Keenan Thompson. I don't think Where so. he's like the... Talk show host. Mm-mm. Okay, video inbound. This will be good. Um, but yeah, you got to have Lupin at a party that you want. You know, you want it to just be wild. You want to. You want people to be leaving thinking like, "What the heck just happened?" You plan your party during a full moon. Always. And you just go for it. You just just send it full send. Do you have any concept as to why Lupin was acting so weird? I don't. Uh, it's got to be something to do with his weird um, werewolf stuff, right? Okay, let's see. What do I know about Lupin? Uh, let's say it's because he's a freaking werewolf. Werewolves can act weird without provocation, right? It's a pretty legit excuse to act pretty weird. But no, I don't know. I don't know why that would be in this case. Okay. Um, Is there anything else we need to get to before 
the Minister for Magic, Rufus Scrimjor, gets here? I don't think so. I don't think we're missing anything. Okay, so we're gonna you want, you want me to play this through the board, right? So everyone can hear it. This SNL skit. I woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. A telephone ring and you wanna chat? Well, sit on down and tell me what's up with that. Ooh, yeah. What's up with that? 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 Yeah. We'll have to see if we can't get Jeremy to uh, cut us a drop of that. Some what's up with that. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what you want to be playing in people's heads when they leave your party after inviting Lupin. What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh-wee. <laughs> so Scrimger's here, and he's given, he's given Harry, Ron, and Hermione stuff. Are we surprised that it's all three of them? Um... We are not surprised that it's... Well, we are surprised that it's Ron. Her, Dumbledore, Hermione, I can see it. Ron? Well, we just... I mean, it, we even talk about it in the in the text that like Ron and Dumbledore really didn't have a legit relationship. It was just kind of like... Ron was just in the background while Harry was there, right? Yeah. So yeah, some some like for for Ron and yeah, even Hermione to be written into his will for things to be given to them, that is that that's a little shocking. So let's just kind of do what everyone else at the party is doing. Let's sort of spitball. We've got a deluminator. Can you mm-hmm. describe to me what a deluminator looks like in your head? If I'm holding a deluminator, what am I seeing? Given Dumbledore's sense of humor, I bet it looks just like a lighter. Like a Bic lighter? No, like the longer neck ones that like you would, um, they've got like a trigger. Mm -hmm. I would think it looks something like that. Okay. Why did he leave this to run? He left this to Ron because he knew that being as red-headed and fair-skinned as he is, he would need to... He's a little more sensitive to the light. And, you know, just helping a brother out, being able to control that some. So it's like the same logic that would go into like a sunscreen situation. But for a wizard, it's like, oh, let's just... Get rid of the light. Yes. And I think it's also true that people with like fair skin and blue eyes are actually like their eyes are actually more sensitive to the light. Hannah told me that. I assumed that this was just like blue eyed person propaganda that you grew up with as a blue eyed person. Probably. Yeah. Just but being told I find it to be true. Like I'm squinting all the time, even when it's not that bright out. Hmm, interesting. So it's very practical, the gift for Sure, yeah. What about Hermione? It's a book. Probably one of those situations where Dumbledore was like, well, I can't leave her out. Uh, I know she likes to read. Yeah, here's a book. She'll find this interesting. So it's just a token gift, a random book. No, I mean, there's... I'm kind of... Joking. There's there's some kind of hidden message within it that will be helpful to them in finding Horcruxes. After and one one of these Horcruxes will be um, 
like it glows in the dark is the only way you can see it. And that's why Ron has, it's like we're in an escape room and you have to turn out the lights and use a black light. Exactly. That's what one of these horcruxes is. And so that's why they need the deluminator and to find said horcrux, it will be in a hidden message within this book. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, that'll get him started off on the right foot with the Horcrux hunt. There you go. Question three, is there something in the snitch? Uh, I don't think there's something in the snitch. It's just the message written on the snitch. I open at the close. What's up with that? What's (laughs) up with that? Um... I think open is like more figurative. Like the snitch will become a sort of key to open a door or a passageway or like in Hogwarts, probably miles beneath Hogwarts. I don't think something's physically within the snitch. I think the snitch is a is a kind of key. Like I open said door at the close. So it's a national treasure situation where they stick yeah. the boat into like a boat shape and then that opens the vault. You've got it. Okay. Um So here's my next question. This one's a little more broad. Harry, Good. I, I do really well with broad questions. Yeah. So Harry is fighting Voldemort, right? We can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can agree. So, and then also, as far as we can tell, Scrimgeour also is not a fan of Voldemort. He would prefer the Voldemort be fought, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So why can't we be on the same team? Why can't we get on the same page? Because the motives are different. How's that? Scrimger wants... I don't think Scrimger is all that different from Fudge in that he's more worried about reputation. I feel like the position of Minister of Magic is just a commentary on like government in general. Like the career politician, right? Like not that worried about actually getting anything done, more worried about status and reputation. Sure. And power. Um so yeah, Scrimger wants everybody to think he's fighting Voldemort and they're doing all they can and like nothing's really going bad behind the scenes. We're just sweeping stuff under the rug so you don't hear about it. And Harry's more like, no, we're actually gonna we're actually gonna get something done. And I don't really care about how it looks or I just, you know, I'm more worried about the truth and actually bringing Voldemort to justice. And Scrimgeour isn't actually legitimately interested in bringing Voldemort to justice as far as you can tell. I think he's, he's interested in that, but he, he is more worried about getting the credit for it. Yeah. It being on his terms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we care about Beetle the Bard? It's like the wizarding mother goose. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I because that's the that's the story that Ron knows, right? It's like the book he's read that Hermione hasn't. Yeah. And the one that Dumbledore gave her. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of seems like the the answer to some of these questions about where Horcruxes are and things like that would like that seems like a Dumbledore thing to do to some of those answers to be hidden within like a nursery rhyme type <laughs> story. So do you think we're going to get to hear some of these stories? I think so. I don't think Dumbledore would give those gifts to them without a purpose. Love a book in a book. 
Who doesn't? Uh, anything else before we turn the page to chapter eight? Let's, let's head to eight. Okay, what do we got? Let's get in. Let's get in at least one quick howl here. Okay. Good evening, gentlemen. It's Chad. Just wanted to call in and commend you both on working out your differences when it comes to chicken wings and chicken wing styles and whatnot. And um, shout out, special shout out to Bo for getting that conversation started. Um, we may not all agree on the perfect style <laughs> of chicken wing, but we can all agree that they are delicious. I hope you guys have a good evening. Bye. Thanks, Chad. Amen. Bo and Chad, just peacemakers. I've always said that about them. Just communication bridges, those two. Um, on the chicken wings front, we're going to get in one more howl here. Hey, guys. It's me, Rachel, with North Beasley here. We're both house Gryffindor, as you know. Um, I'm not actually calling to talk to you. I'm talking to Sadillac. Uh George and I are actually on our way to Alabama right now. I saved up a couple episodes. That way we have something to listen to. So I'm listening to the chicken wing muggies. And so they're talking about how, like, I had, like, flipped you up to see if you were, you know, close enough to where we were. So, like, I'm going to be in your vicinity. So I'm waving at you as we pass through. But hope you're doing well. And thanks for always supporting. I love you. So what's great about this is that people are now using the howler as, like, a misconnections. <laughs> They're communicating to other listeners. That's all I've ever wanted. I've just I've just wanted us to be the means to connect Harry Potter fans around the globe. Misconnection. I am a golden doodle driving through Alabama. You <laughs> are a man that listens to a Harry Potter podcast that also lives in the deep south. It's good. Who knew when we started this that that's what it would turn into? Chad knew. Chad always knew. <laughs> he knew from the beginning. <laughs> okay, we've got a we've got a couple more, but we'll save them. Maybe we'll do one at the end. Uh, chapter eight, the wedding. Here's my first question for you. This is another broad one. It's not. It's not broad. Uh, give me three Harry Potter marriages that will definitely happen. Wow. Um, Harry and Ginny will get married. Um, that's one. Huh. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm not going to say that one. Um, Oh, now you super have to say that one. <laughs> what? <laughs> what ran through my mind mm -hmm. was, um, dang it, I'm drawing a blank on names. It's Snape been that long. Snape and McGonagall. No. Um, goofy kid that I think is going to end up turning at the end. Yes, Why this is the Harry Potter blank? content I wanted. Is that you would you'd read six books and know everything about Harry Potter and then oh. forget it before recording again? You're talking about Neville. I'm, talking about Neville, Neville Longbottom. Gosh dang, Neville Longbottom and Seamus. Okay, yeah, it's 2020 or in the books the mid 90s. Um, that's not number two. I just ran through my head and thought I'd drop that there. Um. Hmm. Luna. Luna and Neville. Neville's gonna get he's gonna marry Seamus, get divorced, mm -hmm. marry Luna. There you go. And then I will say Trelawney and Hagrid. Okay. An opposites attract situation. There you go. Gonna make some little one quarter giants. Those are your three Harry Potter weddings. You guys can uh, put those on wax. 
Okay, so we're at a wedding. Um, just a do we care? Do we care about the wedding? Like wedding festivities. We've got a band. We've got a you know officiant. Do we care about any of that stuff? No. Seems like a fairly straightforward wedding. Okay. Um. So the first kind of thing that we we do care about. We got a lot of crumb. More crumb than you would think. Why is crumb there? Who invited crumb? You can't think of who would invite crumb. Who's getting married? Who are the two people? Bill and Fleur. Okay. One of whom is from the same country as Victor? No, participate in the Triwizard Tournament with Victor. Okay. Like, it's like. It's a bond. It's like Katniss Everdeen inviting someone random from another. Like because Thresh. they were in the Hunger Games. Well, together. they're they're all like, dead. What? She didn't invite Cedric because he's true. dead. Yeah, good point. How to invite someone? Cedric's dead. So Cedric's dead. Crumb. Harry's there. Harry's there on the groom side. Who's Harry? I thought we we're talking about cousin Barney. <laughs> cousin Barney. He's just one of the cousins. Cousin so, Barney from Kentucky. Crumbs there, and he's he's stirring up trouble. Crumb is not there to play nice. He's there to he's fight just, with everyone. He's crumbing. Yeah. Um, what is why is he fighting with Zeno Lovegood? My boy is um, Zeno. Yeah. What a name. He doesn't like the he's got it's, the way I'm seeing it is like Zeno has a uh, like a little pin on his jacket. Mm-hmm. Am I thinking that correctly, or is it more is it larger and more busy than that in the movie it's portrayed you can't see me it's like a pendant it's uh maybe that it's like a yeah like on a necklace kind of sit, like at the end of his chain okay so oh so it's Zeno's chain bro mm-hmm. yeah he cool. stepped into his chain yeah and uh so he doesn't like the uh he doesn't like his chain, bro. He doesn't like uh, the the logo or the the symbol because it's um, I forget. Yes. Is it? Make it up. Make it up. What is or it? Is three, it? three, two, Grindelwald. One. Grindelwald. Grindelwald. There you go. That's right. It's right. It is Grindelwald. Yeah. Which used to be a. <sighs> Um, basically it's it, it would be the same thing as like if I likened it to mm-hmm. there's, the people there's an who, obvious there's an obvious parallel to draw here well I think there's two okay the first one is like swastika stuff with yeah. Hitler yeah it is and the second one I thought of would be like if you walked into a party like, like you were with, walking onto a yacht your hat strategically <laughs> dipped below one eye. Your scarf was apricot. I. You have one I'm eye sh- in the mirror as you watch yourself go by. What are you saying? I had some dreams. There were clouds in my coffee. Clouds in my coffee and. Is this like a December song? You're so or like, what is vain. This? You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. You've never wow. heard Never heard you're so vain. I've definitely heard that. I just like no one ever sings the verses you just, of that. You, so. you stated exactly the first line of it. Okay. Well, now I know that to not to not do that no, anymore. No, you know um, to do it anymore. Yeah. Anyways, I don't even know where we were going with that, but basically, Victor is very offended by it. Well, you said there was a uh, second parallel you were drawing. Oh, it was like you're walking I, into a party. I, it would be like if you, like I kind of likened it to where things have gotten with like the the Confederate flag, right? Oh. Like it's just bad taste. Like even if you think that represents like mm-hmm. some kind of family heritage, you know, like it represents a lot of pain and hurt and Yikes. suffering for a group of people. So like why, like, you know, just doesn't. 
Like if you walked into a party with like a rebel flag hat mm-hmm. and like as as one does, right? There are people like, that make that choice. Um, and so that why I'm comparing it to that is like I don't know if Zeno thinks it's some kind of like nod to his family heritage or something. Like I'm guessing he doesn't mean anything by it, but Victor's offended by it, so it's at least potentially ambiguous enough to not be a full swastika. Sure. Though I guess you'll hear like, well, in, you know, in Hindi, that symbol reversed means peace or, you know, whatever. Right, right. So come wants to fight him about that. How confused are you about the difference between Gregorovich and Grindelwald? What's Ask a Gregorovich? So there's multiple... Eastern European G sound GR sounding names that get brought up in this chapter. Grindelwald and Gregorovich. Were you under the impression until just now that those were the same name? No. Okay, who are those two people then? Gregorovich is the old wand maker that made Victor Crumb's wand. Uh, Grindelwald is He's like one of the dark dark arts wizards that Dumbledore defeated. Right? Yeah, he's Wizard Hitler. So was he kind of the founder of like the mud blood, pure blood thing? Um I I can't answer that for you right now. I'm sorry. Can can answer it, won't answer it. Okay, it's a, it's a it's a nuanced answer. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to come to a conclusion together, organically on that. But at least you are aware that those are two distinct individuals. That's what I was wanting to see. Um, and then a lot of what I think you would consider the meat of this chapter is a conversation between Elpheus Doge, Harry, a.k.a. Cousin Barney, and Muriel, anti-Muriel Weasley. Yes. In which Elpheus Doge is like, I remember Dumbledore, he was a good guy. And Muriel's like, good guy? You mean big time jerk face? So how much, yeah. how much do we, who do we believe? I think there's some, we've kind of got to break it into like percentages. Like we can, we can put 70%, more than 70. We can put like 80% of our faith in what Doge is saying and maybe 20 in, like there's, in all the garbage that Muriel is spewing, some of it, there might, might be loosely based in some fact. Um, you know, kind of one of those where there's smoke, there's fire type things. Right. Um, but she's like all, like all together trying to paint Dumbledore as this, like, he's not who you think he is. He's actually a total jerk behind closed doors. And like, I, I don't buy that. We know Dumbledore well enough, I think. Right. But where is, no, Normally, I feel like we are kind of in lockstep with Harry, right? You think what Harry thinks because you're seeing what Harry sees. Who mm-hmm. is? Can you do you have a feel for who Harry is buying in this conversation? I think we, as the reader, are set up to be a little bit torn with Harry of between what we want to believe and then curious seventeen year old boy of like but I need to know this for a fact for myself. I need to, I need to go to Godric's hollow and find out for myself because it turns out Godric's hollow is a meaningful location. Yes. Why? That's where Harry was born, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. But it's also where Dumbledore lived for a time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Spent some adolescence there. Yeah. And so so it would have been a cool place to visit regardless, but now it's got some meaning and some purpose. 
because Dumbledore has family still there? Well, I'm not going to answer that. It feels like Harry is hurt when he discovers this, right? I'm from Godric's Hollow. He's from Godric's Hollow. Dumbledore spent all this time with me. Why didn't he tell me? Hmm. And that probably perpetuates the feeling of like, is he, was he hiding something? Is there stuff there about him that I'll find that I yeah. didn't want to know? We spent a lot of time together where he could have told me a lot of things. Yeah. But to, to play devil's advocate with that argument, like, yes, they spent a lot of time together, but most of it had like very specific purpose. Like they didn't ever just hang out and drink butterbeer. It was pragmatic. Can you imagine how fun that right, would have been? Like, yeah, t- tons of fun. But there was never, like, Dumbledore was never like, hey, Harry, why don't you come up? We'll have a few drinks, just hang out. And then, like, it ended up being, you know, so, you know, Dumbledore, where are you from? Yeah. You know, we've never gotten into that. And then, it was, oh, actually, Godric's Hollow. No way. That's where I was born. Yeah. Like, they just never had those kinds of conversations. It was, like, huddled over a pensive or you know, Dumbledore's like kind of hiding things from him anyways, because he's trying to protect him. So like there was never really just a casual, but I do understand the feeling of you're already hearing like this, maybe real, maybe fake news from Muriel. And then you're like, Oh wait, why wouldn't have he, why wouldn't he have told me that anyways? Right. Because it it creates some doubt. If he's this super intelligent, super wise old wizard that you're supposed to trust so much, he should know Harry well enough to know that if if he doesn't hear this from me, he's going to be hurt. Harry's going to be. I don't think be... Dumbledore thought in those terms. I think he was so bent on protection that he didn't always think through like, but if this doesn't go the way I think it will, will Harry be hurt by not knowing? It's like I'd rather take that chance in in hopes of protection than I would just laying my cards on the table so that Harry's feelings don't get hurt. Yeah, I mean, you know that's what, I mean? what happens in the fifth book is that he stays right. away from him and then he's like, my bad. Like, I should have realized how much that would hurt you. Exactly. And then so now I, don't I think have two more books. Now I have another book to tell you the things that would have hurt you. Yeah, I mean, he, it's fair that he wouldn't make that total turnaround, but. Yeah. Um, as far as the details of the allegations levied against Dumbledore and his family, um, a couple of them that I brought up specifically about him being involved in the dark arts, do we believe that? I don't believe... I guess I would... I'll just say what I'd like to believe is that Dumbledore's like kind of helped discover them and maybe they weren't always dark. Maybe they got into the wrong hands. He's like, does that make sense? He's Alfred Nobel who invented dynamite. Yeah. Like I could see Dumbledore being smart enough and curious enough to know that there's other kinds of magic out there and kind of being powerful enough to harness that magic, but then realizing like, whoa, this is not, this is not good stuff. Nobody should use this. Mm -hmm. But then it was too late. What about this whole thing with his little sister who was supposedly a squib and his mom was embarrassed about it. And so she kept her on house arrest or whatever. I don't know what to think of that whole situation. I'm really hoping we get some clear answers to that soon. Why? Why I do you have hope no, that? Like, um, well, for one, I don't really understand the deni- the dynamic with Dumbledore there. Like, I I don't know where he was at in that situation, what he was thinking or feeling. I mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of nebulous, like gray area. But there's a lot of speculation and a lot of like. You know, this is actually, you know, this is the side of Dumbledore. This is the TMZ side of Dumbledore yeah. that you don't know about. It's like, well, there's probably some, like I was saying from the this, the outset, like there's probably some truth in this, but a lot of it's probably wild speculation and yeah. hearsay. And do you envision there being a scenario where 
your opinion of Dumbledore is colored by what you learn. Like, oh, wow, he actually did, you know, corrupt, you know, aid and abet in this, or he let this injustice go on, and now I don't think it's highly of him going forward. Um, I think it would be a lie to say that it wouldn't affect it somewhat. Um, I think you can also have grace and understand that Dumbledore was probably young and um, made mistakes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I think you have to, whatever we learn about him, you have to view in light like you have to hold it in one hand and in the other hand look at the character and the accomplishment and the selflessness that was displayed throughout this entire story so far in the right. Dumbledore we knew as the reader. Mm-hmm. Now, if some pretty like rough, not so flattering news comes from what we find if we go to Godric's Hollow, like, yeah, that will that'll be like, oh, that's a bummer. Wish wish that wasn't true but you gotta like you gotta look at the whole body of who Dumbledore is not just like mistakes he may have made in the past you can't just look at Jordan's career with the wizards exactly exactly wow really relevant and like kind of punny joke there ah wizards nice and you're on purpose yeah when we get a quick do we care in here, kind of pivot slightly, um, do we care about the Vila cousins that keep getting brought up? With whom Fred and George disappear into a dark corner of the tent? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because I don't really know that it's a great idea to introduce some like weird bloodline stuff going on here. With, the, with Weasleys and related Vila. And... Yeah, Got to keep it pure. Got to keep it in-house, right? Marry a second cousin and keep it moving, <laughs> Fred and George. You got plenty of cousins. Why you got to look outside the house? Not what I was getting at, but uh, you, you could take it that direction if you want. <laughs> so you're saying Fred and George are already weird enough they don't need to be marrying Vilas? Or not marrying, I guess procreating. Yeah, like... I don't know. I think we've got a slippery slope that we're towing right now. <laughs> Avila's body. What she, what Avila does with Avila's body is that Avila's choice, right? I, I didn't say that. Again, I don't know. I don't timely. know. I don't know what you're getting at. Me neither. I'm just trying to put words in your mouth. I don't appreciate it. Well, welcome to this podcast, Braden. Um, so, uh, do we care about Scrimgeour being dead? We're told that the Minister for Magic is dead. Yeah. Um, you're asking if I care if the Minister of Magic yeah, yeah. is dead? Sure. Yeah, I care a little. Why? Seems like something to care about. What? What's going to happen? Um, Why do we care about it? Because the... Whether Harry relied on it or not, the institution of the minister Ministry of Magic was sort of the last line of defense. I think. A metaphorical line of defense. Like, there was still... Like, the, the, the herd is thinning here against Voldemort. Like, we've lost Dumbledore. We're losing the Ministry of Magic. Serious. Serious. Mad-Eye. Lupin's, Lupin's going crazy. Mad-Eye died. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how long before we lose Kingsley? Like, I feel right. like Voldemort's kind of picking them off here as we get closer and closer to Harry. And I mean, it gets underplayed, but the ministry had a hand in protecting Harry. Like they, exactly. they put some of the enchantments around the burrow to keep it safe. That's what I mean. Like, was it, is it corrupt? Yeah. Are their motives always pure? No, but virtually on the same team, right? Murder's still so. illegal. Under the current regime. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So my last question here is where do we go from here? Like, as far as you know, the last thing we heard was the ministry has fallen, Scrimger is dead, they are coming. So what's about to happen is my question for you. 
Uh, I mean, the Death Eaters and Voldemort are coming to the wedding. We're going to have a party. So, like, it's going down right now? Like, there's going to be a bunch of big duels and stuff? Um, I don't think it's going to right now. There's too much book left, and a, a wedding doesn't seem like the time or place. Um, so they'll probably flee right now. Um, but it seems like the their their mechanisms for like hiding Harry aren't working anymore. Yeah, it's getting like there's there's a snitch somewhere and. Like he's not safe anywhere. So, oh, so you think there's some kind of there's a mole? There's um there's a weak link in Harry's inner circle. I do, I do. I don't know who it is, and I know you're gonna ask me, but <laughs> how'd you know? Um, I mean, from the the seven Harrys situation, I would have said Mungdungus, but right. I don't think he's at the wedding. Right. But he may have known about the wedding. I mean, he's been around that long. How secret can you keep a wedding? Not a real secret. I mean, it's all over Insta, right? It's gotta be. You know like Floor has Floor, a hashtag. Floor is posting all over the place. From Weasley to Weasme. Me. <laughs> hashtag. The best wedding hashtag that I've been a part of is when my friend Brett Walther got married. And the groomsman and I decided, well, I was a groomsman, we decided that the hashtag would be to the window to the Walther. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah. I think the idea of wedding hashtags is kind of dumb to begin with. Mm, of course it is. Um, but if you can make it punny like that, I can I can at least appreciate that. I think it makes sense if it's like a re- for a really big wedding where there's going to be a lot of 23-year-old girls taking pic- pictures, putting them on Instagram. And so you can sure. really see, you know, from several different perspectives, like the next day what was going on. Yeah, that's true. That's about it, though. And and you all have to be on the same page because we were the only ones that did a second hashtag, which was till the sweat runs down my balters. So. <laughs> that was mostly just us. Good. Very good. Uh, anything else on Chapter 8, The Wedding? I think we've covered it. So there's going to be some kind of fight. Going to be some kind of fight. People are going to be showing up. Uh, Scrimger's dead. Harry's dying probably next chapter. I don't know that we know Scrimger's dead. I also want to put that out there. We don't trust the source of this Patronus. Well, the Patronus came from Kingsley, and I'm mm-hmm. saying Kingsley probably, like, Kingsley wouldn't lie, I don't think, unless he's the mole. But <sighs> um, I'm saying... Could they have staged his death and we find out the Scrimger is actually a Death Eater? Scrimger's not dead. He's surely alive. <laughs> Yikes. I think that's the, our episode title for this one. The rare yikes. three yikes episode. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Scrimger's not dead. He's surely alive should be the episode <laughs> title. He's living on the inside. Working at the ministry. The uh, now the episode title is "Till Sweat Drop Down." <laughs> that's that's up to Jeremy. That's up to. We actually are going to get our very first explicit tag. On uh, an episode. It's about time. No, there's no way. This is definitely not the most explicit episode. That's true. Uh, well, let's get in one more howl real quick here. We've got a minute and a half to spare. Good afternoon, gentlemen. It's Chad. Um, thanks again, uh, for having me on episode 73, uh, had a lot of fun chatting up, talking about Harry Potter with you guys. So I re-listened to the episode with my wife, um, in the last couple of days. And I realized when we got to chapter four, Rogi, you asked, is this a good plan? And for whatever reason, it struck me. Obviously, hindsight being 2020, it was not a good plan. But it also struck me in that moment that why didn't they just put the invisibility cloak on Harry, put him in the sidecar on Hagrid's bike, drive him to Grimmauld Place, take a port key, 
to one of the members' houses, and nobody dies. George keeps his ear, all that stuff. Anyway, so anyway, not the greatest plan. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Hope you guys are having a good day. Talk to you soon. Bye. It's always good to get another entry in the we are very poorly utilizing this dope invisibility cloak. Oh my gosh. It's egregious. The misuse of the invisibility cloak is out of control. Braden's beef! Yes. Gosh, it's the... And this has been my beef throughout the entirety of this freaking show. I remember. When they leave it, (laughs) when they leave it on the tower after dropping Norbert off, you're like, guys, what? What are we doing? (laughs) This is the most important asset we have. Not just Harry, we. We as a quad squad. This can get us out of anything and everything. If we use it correctly and we don't just leave it places. So yeah, that's our beef. Beefy. It is wild. It's it's wild. There's so many better ways they could have done it. Like it, it gets to the point where I start to wonder if JKR, it's like her little running joke that's like kind of under the rug. Like it's not explicit, not in your face, but it's like, hey, here's another situation where if you think about it, all this could be resolved by using the invisibility cloak. Now the One. astute reader will notice that this is another scenario where we should have used the invisibility cloak. <laughs> I don't know. It uh, it gets me fired up, though. I'll say that. I couldn't tell. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to be tackling chapters. Let's inform Braden right now what chapters we're tackling. I think it's just another two-chap app. No, it's three chapters. 9, 10, 11. 9, 10, and 11. We're going to be tackling three chapters. Uh, we may may have somebody on to discuss... Chapters 9 through 11, we'll see if we can work that out. Um, We appreciate you sticking with us, listening to us. We appreciate your howls. Thank you to Chad and Rachel for giving us stuff to talk about today. Uh, Thank you for subscribing, unsubscribing, and resubscribing and rating us five stars on your podcast app of choice, wherever you get your, wherever podcasts are sold. Braden, (laughs) let's, uh, who do you want to shout out? This episode, Braden. Let's give. Let's do a Braden shout out. Bwah, 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 bwah. Braden shout out. <laughs> Man, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, shout out to my lovely wife who mm. is currently preparing chicken tenders. Yeah, chicken. You gotta love a chicken tender. Love a good chicken tender. Uh, what about you? You got any shout outs over there? Yeah, shout out my realtor. Uh, really held really held our hand through this whole thing. Hey, um, hey shout out Mark Skabowski. We, yeah, I was gonna say he's got a name. Yep, he works hard. Mm-hmm. Mark at SkabowskiTeam.net. Give him a shoot him an email. I'll, he he's more of an early morning than a late night guy, but he'll definitely get back at you. Um, <laughs> Mark, great about answering. We'll be like Mark. Dumb question. Uh, do we have to pay for the inspection, or how does that work? <laughs> What's a mortgage? Yeah, can you walk me? They're talking about percentages. I'm just not a numbers guy. They so keep like, saying escrow. Is yeah. that like a type of bird? Mm-hmm. Or like, what is that? <laughs> it sounds like a weird. I'm not. I don't really like birds. I think they're creepy. They've got knives for for faces, Mark. And they like they make those little weird noises, like they don't like that you're there. It's like they're kind of saying, "Hey, move, get chip, out of here." Chip, 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 chip. Yeah. Chip, 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 chip. They're not kind animals. <laughs> so shout out Mark Skabowski. Shout out Hannah uh, Rogers Carpenter. Here, let me. Whoa, just Whoa. Carpenter. Oh, really? She dropped the Rogers. <laughs> Yeah, she did that um, when we got married. That's fine. My mom didn't. My mom was is Gail Rogie Merriman. So Still, really? I wasn't just making it up. Yeah. Okay. Her middle name was Cattle, so she was Cattle. like, "That's fine. We'll just go. We'll just go <laughs> straight to Rogie." That's great. And we'll great. just kind of close the loop on that. That's good. Yeah. Um, and you got to remember, I 
how many times have I, I used to, used to just call her Hannah Rogers, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that's just part of it. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back with you definitely next week for sure. And we'll keep talking about Harry Potter. You're so welcome. No sports this week. That means a heavy helping of sports next week. We got we have a lot of fancy football to catch up on. Not so much for me. I am at the bottom of my league. George Kittle got hurt this week. It was bad for me. Yeah. I had Saquon. So. Yikes. Bye. Bye.